Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. My name is Felipe Leon, and with me, as always, my co-host, or the legendary, David Avila. Felipe, how are you? Good, David. Thank you, David, calling in or, or tuning in from Riverside, California, here in Southern California. I'm based out of Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico. Our third co-host, uh, unfortunately for... Another show, Elena Baby Dalry cannot be with us. She is uh, a little busy there with some uh, issues in, uh, not issues, but you know, just busy in Phoenix, Arizona. But that will not stop the two minute round where we're going to give you all there is to know about female boxing for the last two weeks. We're going to give you what's coming up in the next two weeks, also give you some news and notes. And in about 15 minutes, we're going to have none other than, you know, Top five, in my opinion, a fighter in the female boxing world right now. I mean, how many how many world titles does she have? Five in five different five, divisions. Five divisions. Five division yes. world champion Amanda Serrano from New York City. She's going to be calling this, calling in, telling us about her last fight, which was uh, about a week ago, where she stopped Edna Kiss defending her. Was it the Super Bantamweight, I believe, title, right? Not the Featherweight. The Super Bantamweight title she defended? Yes. yes. yes Defending the Super Bantamweight title. And also, she's going to give us uh, some news about her next move, which is not necessarily going to be inside a boxing ring, but more than likely inside an octagon. And she's, gonna, and she's not the first, not even this year, of, of a female fighter to go into the octagon. It would have been great to have Elena Baby Doll Reed here another fighter that went from boxing to the MMA. But even earlier this year, about a month ago, I think it was another New York fighter, Heather Hardy also went into the octagon and won uh, her first bout in MMA. All righty. So we're going to start off in, uh, with the fight results uh, for the last couple of weeks where it was, there weren't many but, uh, and then we're going to wait for Miss Amanda Serrano to give us a call in about 15 minutes so we can talk to her. But starting off, all the fights in the last two weeks actually happened on the same night on Friday, July the 21st, which was uh, at least, I think it was last Friday. Yeah, last Friday. Starting off from the Club Campestre in Barranquilla, Colombia, Diana Cordero scored a unanimous decision with Julieta Andrea Cardoza in a 10-rounder to hold her interim WBA 
Bantamweight title. The scores there were 100 to 92 times and 98-92. The second fight from the Sheraton Hotel, Puerto Rico, in San Juan, Puerto Rico, our very own, the one that's going to be calling in about 10 minutes, Amanda Serrano, scored a third-round knockout over Edina Kiss, defending her super bantamweight WBO title. The time there was a minute. I'm sure you got to watch this fight, David. What did you think about Amanda Serrano's performance? This was a rematch of a previous fight that they had between these two fighters in which Amanda Serrano also knocked out Kiss in, in their first fight. Uh, yes, you know, uh, it was a rematch, and because it was a rematch and uh, Amanda had knocked out Adina Kiss previously, people thought it would be an easy fight. But, you know, you can't always say that because sometimes the, the fighter learns from the mistakes and, uh, you know, prevents uh, it from happening in the second time. And Adina Kiss has, had only been knocked out by Amanda, and but it didn't matter. Uh, is just so sharp. She's so, so sharp that uh, Adina made a mistake of trying to get out of an exchange and uh, Amanda caught her with a right and dropped her the first time. And then in the next round, she uh, basically eliminated her. Yeah, you know, she didn't learn much because actually, or Amanda Serrano just looked all that much sharper, or it was a combination of the two because she ended up stopping her a round sooner in their first fight Back in, um, I think it was, let me give you one second here. It was in, yeah. yeah, back in, oh, yeah, I remember in April of uh, 2016, she got stopped in four rounds in Puerto Rico. And now, uh, last week, she got stopped in three. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Edina Kiss, Edina Kiss has only been stopped twice in, in, in her career and both times by Wait, Amanda Serrano. Yeah, both times by Amanda Serrano. So it looks like Amanda has her number. And in the in the last card of last week, which fe- featured female fighters from the M3 Anaheim Center in Anaheim, California, Southern California's own Senias Estrada scored a six-round unanimous decision at flyweight over Mexican uh, journeywoman Araceli Palacios. The scores there were uh, lopsided 60 to 54 three times. While also on the card, pro debuter Lorraine Villalobos scored a unanimous decision over Elvia Trevino in a light flyweight four-round contest. Scores there were 40-36 three times. And our very own David Avila was in the house that night and was able to see these two fights uh, from the first row, from the front row. What do you think, David? Uh, well, uh, the co-main event was Sinisa Estrada, and uh, she looked very sharp. She um, basically... She she just dominated the uh, uh, Palacios girl, and and it's funny because Palacios has a, a victory over the current super bantamweight IBF champion uh, Juliana uh, Luna Avila, and if you've seen Avila fight, she's very very good, and for Palacios to beat her, you know she she definitely knows what she's doing, but against uh, Sinisa Estrada, um, Sinisa was just too fast. Uh, she just had the girl covering up. Uh, she did, uh, the Mexican girl did her best work and she attacked the body. But then uh, Estrada found a way to eliminate that and uh, she won the fight all six rounds. She won. I, I thought uh, Palacio had won the fifth round, but the, rep- the judges gave her all six rounds. 
What did you see in Villalobos? And what do you know about Villalobos, who I think is a local fighter also from Los Angeles? Very quick. Very quick fighter. Was making her pro debut. She had a, a, a she has a lot of amateur experience. She hadn't fought in two years, but she's very fast. Uh, short. Very short for that weight. Uh, she's actually a minimum weight fighter, but since there's very, very few fighters at that weight division, she was forced to fight at uh, 108 instead of uh, 102. And um, But she's too quick for uh, the girl that she fought. Now, you say that she hadn't fought in two years, so she was an amateur and she went from not fighting two years to making her pro debut? Yeah, she was just working out in the gym, preparing. Hmm. Uh, I think she she works out of Los Angeles. Why didn't she? Uh, did you find out why she didn't try to knock down some of the rust, perhaps in one or two amateur fights before jumping up to the pros? Well, her problem was trying to find somebody at that weight. She wanted hmm. a fight at the minimum weight. She could not find it in the two years since her amateur's uh, uh, career. And even in this fight, uh, the lowest weight, she had to take it. She said she just had to take it because, uh, you know, she's not going to find anybody at minimum weight. And the same with uh, Sinisa Estrada. Sinisa actually fought a girl who came in at 117 pounds, and Sinisa weighed 107. She took the fight anyway because, like, uh, yeah, it's the problem in California. There's not that many girls at the lower weight classes. Yeah, especially at the 105. I mean, we ran into the same situation here in San Diego with Amaris Quintana, who is a straw weight, but most of her career she's been fighting at light flyweight or even flyweight uh, because she just hasn't mm-hmm. been able to uh, to find the right fights or, or even the opponents at 105 pounds. So that is something yeah. to, that there is. you know. The, and, and if you notice the world champions at, at those weight classes, Especially like well, the minimum weights, they're all uh, Asians, you know, they're all out of uh, exactly, they're all out of uh, uh, Asia. You know, the WBA champion is Yunoka Furukawa, uh, the WBC mm-hmm. champion is Momo Koseki, both from Japan, and the WBO uh, champion is uh, well, actually, this is wrong because the WBA 105 pound champion is oh, actually, this is the the IBF calls it the junior mini flyweight, which is 102 pounds, which everybody else calls the atom, atom weight. Well, but the atom weight, the IBF champion is Yogasta Valle from Costa Rica, who is actually, uh, I just remembered by seeing her name, and I'm going to go check this out. She's going to be fighting in Rosarito, Mexico, uh, I think in September. So I'm going to go check her out. I'm going to go check her out because uh, I've heard about, about her. I think it's, and I'm, go I ahead. think it's in August, August 17th. Oh, August 17th, so even better, so even sooner. So I'm going to go check that out. But as I was saying, the 102-pound champions, the WBA is Japanese, Junoko Furukawa. The WBC is also from Japan, Momo Koseki. And the WBO champion is also from Japan, Nao, Nao Ikiyama. And then if we go up to the mini flyweight, which the IBF calls the, the strawweight 105-pound uh, division. The champion from IBF is Zong Yu Kai from China. The WBA champion is the Mexican Anabel uh, Avispa Ortiz, who's going to be fighting this Saturday. WBC is Yuko Kuroki from Japan. And the WBO champion is Kayoko Ibata, also from Japan, WBO. So, 
So, yeah, it's very tough to find opponents, not only in the United States, which is almost non-existent, but in Mexico as well. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking to um, Yoko Fujioka, who's actually a four divisions world champion, and uh, she was telling me that she, the reason there are so many at that weight is that Japan is filled with girls at that weight. They, yeah. Are, most of the girls are at that, that weight. Yeah, it's just diet. She thinks. Yeah, like uh, like you would expect, you know, like you expect, like Sweden and and fighters from over there. Sweden and fighters from over there, like uh, uh, Clarissa Svensson and Michaela Lauren. I mean, they're all in the 168, 160, 168 range because you know they're Nordic women, and and it's part of the, you know, just 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 the ethnic makeup of, of of the people there, right? Yeah, they're just bigger women. Well, we're waiting for our special guest, Miss Amanda Serrano, to call in, hopefully in the next five to seven minutes. And that is the fight results for the last couple of weeks. Like we mentioned in our last show, uh, it was a very slow uh, two-week fight period in the female boxing. But the next two weeks are filled with fights, and we're going to go over them in our third uh, part of the show. So moving on to our female fight chatter, two-time Olympic medalist Clarissa Shields won the Nickelodeon Channel's Biggest powerhouse award, beating out DeMarcus Cousins of the New York of the New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans Pelicans. What, can, what? I don't even know what sport that is. You know what sport that is? That's basketball. That's basketball. That's that's the name of the basketball team in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. New Orleans. <laughs> I didn't even know Pelicans. that. Von Miller of the Denver Broncos. David Ortiz of the Boston Red Sox. Big Papi and Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels. Angels. The winner was determined by voter preference. So, and here you go, Clarissa Shields, the two-time Olympic medalist, making some waves in the mainstream outside of boxing. I mean, one thing that you can say about boxing, and we mentioned it here before, whether it be male or female, is that it's become a niche sport throughout the years. Obviously, in the 40s, 30s, and 40s, you know, it was quite possibly the, the second most – popular sport in oh, the yeah. United States, second only to the national pastime baseball. And then, mm-hmm. you know, in the fifties and the sixties, still very popular in the seventies, still very popular, but now it has become somewhat of a niche sport. You know, it's not as big as it used to be uh, even in the eighties and the nineties with female boxing, you know, even being a niche within the niche. And here we have Clarissa Shields, not, not only winning uh, Nickelodeon's powerhouse award through votes, but also, I think she was just named like uh, one of the top 50 female sports people in, in in the world right now. Did you see that? Did you see that uh, list that they came out with? Uh, yeah, yeah, something about 50 most dominating uh, sports figures, and uh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and she became she came in like a number 28 or something like that. But we'll come back to our female fight chatter because we actually have more Clarissa Shield news, the other side of that coin, the, this side being the good things she's doing, the other side, the not-so-good things she has been up to in the last couple of weeks. And we'll go back to that because on the line with us is five-divisional world champion from New York City, Amanda Serrano. Hi, guys. Hi, Amanda. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you guys doing tonight? Thank you. Thank you for calling into the two-minute round. Your hooks and jazz look at the female boxing world. 
Uh, I'm going to pass. My name is Felipe, by the way. We've talked before in our last interview we had with you, but I want to pass the baton to David Avila. Amanda, Hi, how David. are you? Good, to, good are you? I, I, good, good. I'm very good. Uh, I guess you got finished training with your MMA training? Yes, yes. Now I'm just relaxing at home, watching movies um, with my feet up, resting my, my shins and toes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of people don't realize that you are totally into the fighting sport, not just boxing, but now you're going to try your, your hand at uh, MMA. Any reason you wanted to, to try that sport? Well, I mean, as as you notice, um, the MMA, the girls, are, are they get so much um, recognition, and, you know, they, they respect them more than the boxing game. You know, I love boxing. Boxing is my life. I've been doing it since I was 18 years old. You know, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, but, you know, I love the sport, but the sport doesn't love us back, and it's, it's not fair for, you know, for us. We're doing, you know, the same thing, and it's just day after day, I'm five-division world champion, and I'm still not getting, you know, if I was a man, I'll be hanging out with Mayweather every night in Vegas with Lamborghinis <laughs> and having chauffeurs, but I'm not. I'm a female, and, you know, I'm still struggling to make ends, ends meet, but with MMA, the girls, they get so much more money and recognition. And, you know, um, I just want to wet my feet and see see how it is. Um, I know there's been many other uh, uh, fighters, uh, boxers that have, have ventured into MMA. And uh, but, but the one thing I know is that it's so different because you're doing different exercises, different uh, uh, training, uh, different muscles. Um, is that something that you find uh, – kind of uh, affects you a little bit? Um, it, it doesn't really affect me. It is a different sport. You know, I'm, I'm doing, I have a um, kickboxing class, Muay Thai class, um, which is a, with the kicks. Then I also have a jiu-jitsu class. Then I, you know, I continue with my boxing. So, and then it's just, um, it's all, all together. It's a different sport. We, we're learning different techniques. And it's a lot harder, but, you know, in, in my fight, it made me a lot stronger in the boxing aspect. But, you know, um, it's just learning it. And I've been doing it for for about a year now. I just yeah, kept it on the low. I actually um, I had sp- spoken to Heather Hardy when I first decided to do it. And she wasn't even um, thinking about doing it. And I thought, you know, we should do it. You know, we're in MMA. It's better for the females. So we were talking, and he actually got opportunities to fight on Showtime. So, you know, I kept, you know, it was my boxing. So I took so that route, and Heather took the other route, and she made her debut, which, you know, good for her. My hat goes off to her. So now it's my turn. Um, Like I said, I did Showtime Extreme twice. I just did my last fight on WAPA, which is um the biggest television show in Puerto I mean, um network in, in Puerto Rico and now uh, I'm going full force into the MMA and hopefully by end, end of the year early next year hopefully I'll have my debut in MMA T- Tell us about you, you mentioned Puerto Rico and tell us how that experience has been I mean did you expect that kind of fanfare that kind of reception I mean it seems like you're a superstar I mean it's not just a casual thing they consider you a superstar. 
<laughs> yeah, it feels great to fight in Puerto Rico. And, yes, I expected that from Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico is such a small island, but they love their athletes. No matter who there they are, you know, they respect their athletes and they give their, their athletes their all. And, you know, they love and support them 100%. And to fight there is um, an amazing feeling. And to get the, the recognition that I did this fight was amazing. I felt like I was in Vegas because I was on poker tables, blackjack tables. There was posters, like, I don't know how tall. It was just a great feeling. And, you know, it's different than in, 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 in Brooklyn when I have to sell tickets. Over there, I don't have to sell one ticket. And the crowd is crazy. And when they announce my name, it's just an overwhelming feeling because they're there for their genuine fans. And, you know, it's a great feeling. I always end up crying <laughs> when I'm in Puerto Rico because it's just, like I said, the, the fans, it's genuine love in Puerto Rico. What about the fact that you do so much promoting? I mean, there's... I saw on some of your videos that you put up that you had news channels asking for your time, newspapers. I mean, you were, it seemed like a 24 hour, 24 7 type of job just once you hit the island. Yes, yes. I mean, I don't mind it because uh, I'm I'm reaching out to to my fans, you know, to my people, um, to young girls out there. It's just it's great. And actually, there's um since me and my sister become became world champions, there's been um an uh, uproar in the boxing gyms for young females. There's there's many many girls now joining the boxing gyms, and you know the. Um, the president of WBO, the commission from Puerto Rico, they, you know, they thanked us. They're like, wow, we never seen so many young girls coming into the gyms and actually learning, wanting to learn how to fight. And, you know, it's, that's a great accomplishment for us because we're reaching out to young girls and they're looking up to us and they they seeing, wow, we can do this for a living. I want to be just like the Serrano sisters. And, you know, it's, a, it's great because actually – the night of my fight, there was four amateur fights, which was two girls and two and two boys. And when I walked into the locker room and I saw the young girls with their Puerto Rican outfits, and when I walked in, they looked at me with their eyes wide open and were so happy. It was just an amazing feeling. And, you know, they gave me hugs and took pictures with me. And, you know, they're like, I do this because of you guys. And, you know, it made me feel a certain type of way. And I just, you know, I'm just so happy and blessed that, you know, I'm able to do that for the young girls. Well, talking about the youth, how did you get your, your first taste of boxing, and, and what brought you into the sport? Well, of course, my sister. <laughs> she um, When she started, I was 12 years old, and I was always in the gym with her. I was her designated babysitter. <laughs> I had a job at the gym. And, um, yeah, I would just see her. I would go to a fight. Like I always say, to this day, I am her biggest fan. And back then, I was even bigger because um, we didn't know anything about boxing. And, you know, I was just seeing her accomplishment and everything that she was learning. It was all coming together and all her wins. And it was just inspiring for me. It took me a while to get into it. I started at 18 because I just be going to the gym all the time. I said, let me let me try. What the heck? What <laughs> What can I lose? And I tried it. I signed up for the Golden Gloves. And that very same day, I signed up for the Golden Gloves 
um, Jordan was like, so let's start training. I was like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting to train so fast. <laughs> and he started laughing. He said, nope, we're going to do it today. And, um, yeah, like that day, the next day, uh, he put me in there to spar with my sister, and he told her to beat me up, and she did. <laughs> and then I, kept, I came back, and we, he kept on making me spar with her, and he saw that I kept coming back. And after a while, I was, I was standing my ground, and he was telling Cindy, come on, beat her up, beat her up. And she was like, I am, I am. And I just, you know, I, I stood there, and... I kept on, and from there we we won. Um, we fought in the Golden Gloves, and I was actually beating um, in the amateurs. I was beating um, a lot of girls I wasn't even supposed to be beating. I fought. I had nine amateur fights. I was eight and one as an amateur. My first uh, amateur fight I lost, but controversial. <laughs> and then I fought. I beat five nationally ranked girls in as an amateur. And beating the Golden Gloves in 2008, I, won, I beat the ranked number one girl in the nation. So that was a great accomplishment. Then we took our pro debut, and from there it was just like no turning back. When, when you started pro, um, what, was, what did your family say? I mean, you had both sisters that were fighters. What did the rest of your family think? Well, my parents really didn't want me to fight. They said, let Cindy do it. She's the, she's the oldest one, and my mom wanted me to actually go to school, go to college. So I was like, no, no, that's not for me. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like school too much, even though I graduated early. But I was like, no, I, I want to take this route. And, yeah, my, my dad was, you know, he's a, a number one fan, you know, every – Every fight he was able to come to that was in that was local, he was there. My mom, it took her, I don't know, I would have to say maybe my 15, 16 pro fight before she actually came to to one of my fights. I mean, she would watch it on yeah. tapes or on TV, but it took her a while to actually come to one of my fights. And I have an older brother, me and I have an older brother, and you know he was like, um, he was pretty neutral. I mean, at first he was like, oh, whatever, <laughs> but. Yeah, my family now, they're very supportive, and, you know, they, they, they love it. I, I mean, it seems like you love it. Did you ever think about doing anything else? Like, did you, as a kid, did you ever dream of being something else? No, actually, no. Actually, my sister, she was um, in high school, she was uh, a softball player. She was an MVP softball player. So, I mean, she's always been my my role model. Um so when I was in, when I was gonna to go to high school, I wanted to play softball just to be to be just like her. And Jordan was like, "No, you're not gonna play softball. You're gonna if you're gonna do something, if you're gonna play a sport. You better play a sport that's gonna give give back to you, or you can make a living off of it." So I didn't I didn't play softball, and then I just I did the boxing. So yeah, and I'm really not um, a sports fan. Like I wasn't I'm a, I was an athletic girl. Like I would you know play roller bays and bicycles, but I wasn't, I never played any other sport. Oh, that's interesting. You're just a natural athlete. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's what Jordan says. He said you're just a natural. Yeah, I mean, you can't just uh, win five uh, weight divisions by luck. It has to be some kind of athleticism. Yeah, and then I've been um, blessed with some some power, I don't know, somewhere. 
when, when he won the first uh, uh, world title, um, it was a super featherweight, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and it was the first. Did you ever, uh, excuse me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, did you ever dream that you were going to be fighting at different divisions or uh, at that time when you won your first super featherweight world title? No, I never dreamed I would be a world champion. <laughs> never in a million years. I actually took um, my pro my pro debut was, um, I said, you know, I told Jordan, I said, what the heck, let's just take it. And we've been getting money, and they offered me some money. And I took it as an opponent because I was fighting Jackie Trivellino in her hometown. We was the main event, which is, you know, unknown for two pro debuts to be a main event. We went to her hometown. The crowd was crazy for her. And we actually won. And I was like, wow. And I was like, what the heck? Let's just keep let's just keep going. But never in a million years did I think I would win one title, let alone six six titles in five divisions, you know. It's just amazing. Sometimes I have to like sit back and like pinch myself and be like, Wow, this is really happening. Like I sit in my living room and we have all our belts in um in a showcase and I look sometimes I'm like, Wow, we accomplished so much <laughs> and it's just and it's an amazing feeling. Like sometimes I feel like I'm on cloud nine and I still I still don't believe I'm I'm the best. So it's just um yeah, I still say I'm very very humble and I don't try to I don't think that I'm the best so I'm always working hard in the gym. And one thing that, that uh you and your team and your sister do is uh, you're always willing to travel to other countries and fight basically anywhere. Um yeah, How you have to. Yeah. No, you have to. With female boxing, you have to go where the opportunities are. And you know, we're we're real fighters. We don't we don't stay stuck in Brooklyn. <laughs> you know, we travel the world. And you know, that's the if you don't do that, you don't you don't take chances. You don't win. If I didn't go to Argentina, I would have not won the 135 pound champion. You know, it doesn't protect us. You know, he we went to Sweden and I got my first and only loss and. From that, I said I don't want to leave it to the judges. <laughs> so you know. Oh, is that right? The, yeah, those are the chances you 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 take as a fighter, and you know I, I don't I don't regret anything that I've done in my career, and if I have to, I'll, I'll continue to travel the world. And you fought in the Dominican Republic several times. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I- What's been your hardest fight that you can remember so far? Yeah, Cindy's been to France, to California, to Vegas. She's been all over the world. Her passport is pretty nice. <laughs> but, of course, you know, you're not going to get the, the, the decision there. So that's why a lot of people like to stay in their backyard. True, true. That's very true. <laughs> we recently saw that on, on – on Twitter and on Facebook, that uh, you you saw that Mariana Wattis, uh her fight with Jackie Nava, that that uh, Felipe just broke, he broke that story uh, that that fight is off, and you were expressing uh, an interest in fighting Mariana. Of course, would that be the yeah, biggest I would, fight? I would definitely love to fight them. I mean, I don't know. I won't say it will be the biggest fight, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't mind fighting them, even if it's in Mexico. I don't care. It's just uh, what they take it. I, I doubt that very much. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just it's just hard, you know, getting fights. 
Yeah, it is. It sure is. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I have posted and tagged them that I want to fight, and they never replied. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, her um, the fight that she won the bantamweight title. I think she had like four hundred thousand people there. Uh, it was free, but like I tell people, it's hard to get four hundred thousand people to go to an event for anything. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. Yeah, no, I I would love to fight. I wouldn't mind fighting there. <laughs> I I would fight in her living room if I had to. <laughs> I don't I don't care. I'm a real fighter. I'm a real fighter at heart. You know, you win, lose, or draw. I'm gonna fight to the very end. And like I said, as you can see in my record, I've been all over. I'm not afraid. Me and my sister, we're real fighters, and we go wherever we have to go. And I also saw that in one of your your, your uh, news items uh, during one of the interviews in Puerto Rico that uh, you were expressing an interest in even uh, going for a six-week division. Yes, yes. I, I mean, I would like to, before I retire, definitely to go to the six, a sixth division at 140. Um, we we actually petitioned for the for the champion at that, but I mean, we we're gonna see what what what's next, and we don't know. I would definitely love that, or to fight one of those girls, um, Juarez, or you know any of those girls, and just whatever's whatever's next. The opportunities. I mean, it's just it's not up to me. It's up to the girls who want to fight, which is very few. What about uh, Showtime? Have have they uh, told you about any future dates? Well, we actually, um, Jordan has been speaking to Isabella, and I they, he's been speaking to um, David, I mean, Stephen Espinosa, and he's talking about us, maybe if it's a good fight, a show on um, a Showtime slot. So hopefully we're looking for a good fight, but the good fighters don't want to fight. So it, it's just yeah, it's hard, you know. It's not it's not fair for for me because I'm willing to fight, but the girls, they're, they're not willing to fight. So, you know, I get put in the back burner because the girls don't want to fight. I, I won't get the opportunity to fight on Showtime because these girls don't want to fight. Yeah, yeah. I've spoken to your promoter, Lou DeBella, several times, and he kind of uh, talked about how most of the girls outprice themselves. They think that they're going to get uh, $50,000 to $100,000 to fight you, and, and but that's not the budget. Yeah, when actually the first time we were supposed to, when I fought on Showtime Extreme, we were supposed to fight on on Showtime on the undercard with Jelena, but she outpriced herself, and you know it wasn't fair. We got then I end up fighting on Showtime Extreme, and I got a, a pay cut in half, exactly right down the middle, and we was like you know, and I Mom Jordan even reached out to to her. Uh, personally, and said, "Come on, let's do this for female boxing. Let's, you know, let's let's do it. Let's put a beautiful show because it will mm-hmm. be a great show." And she was like, "Oh no, no, no!" So I was like, "Oh my God, what, <laughs> what are we gonna do?" Like, they, I guess they just don't want to get knocked out on TV. <laughs> what, what, what do you think about the the, the Olympians coming in? They're, they're at, uh, <laughs> some of them are are in weight divisions close to you. Not all of them, but. But some of them are 135, uh, and then there's there's a couple in England that are 126. And uh, do, do you think it's possible that you could be meeting any one of those uh, Olympians? Yeah, I, 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 I'm champion at 122 pounds, but I'll fight wherever it makes sense, wherever 
I, I don't I don't mind. I fall up to one thirty five all the way down to one eighteen. You know, wherever wherever it makes sense, wherever the good fights are, I, I'm there. I'm there with two gloves on and my mouth is ready to fight. Felipe, <laughs> did you have questions? Yeah, um, Amanda, um going back a little bit to your MMA training, have you or, or Jordan been in talks with uh, an MMA promoter as far as going over there and fighting on one of the cards? Well, actually, we've been um, getting a lot of uh, feedback from, from MMA fighters as well as the promoters like um, Bellator and you and the UFC. Um, the Bella is talking with um, Bellator because he has the uh, with Bellator, and then um, we've been getting um, – Calls from from UFC. You know, I I did a movie with um, Chris Cyborg, Holly Holmes, and Misha Tate, and you know, I still stay in contact with them. And Misha Tate's been giving me good advice as well as Cyborg. And you know, when I did film the movie with them, they told me that was the route to go. And you know, I'm I'm taking their advice. So hopefully everything goes well. So you know, it it, it became kind of public the purse that you got when you fought Jasmine Rivera's back in January on Showtime Extreme, it, it came out that you, both of you got $15,000 for that fight. So are you getting the indication from the MMA that your purse for your debut fight in, in that um, art will be more than that? Yeah, I actually got, she got 15, I got 17.5 for that fight. And um, I, I believe that it would, um, with the MMA, would get paid um, a lot more than that. And, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping so. You know, it's a it's a, hard, a harder sport. Not harder sport, but it's um, a sport that requires a lot more training and, and technique. So, I mean, I would assume that I would get paid more than that. So the other fighter that we've seen go from boxing to MMA was Holly Holm, who has been very successful, and she beat, you know, the MMA female star in Ronda Rousey. And Holly Holm as a boxer was very, very successful. She had numerous, I mean, just like you, numerous world titles, you know, a big fan base in, 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 her, in New Mexico. And she basically went to MMA for a lot of the reasons that you're going to get better pay and perhaps because she felt that she had done everything she could in boxing. Are, do you have those same feelings uh, besides the pay that maybe you've done everything that you could do in boxing? I mean, winning five world titles in five different divisions, or I think it's been six world titles in five different divisions. Do you think that maybe you want to look for a new challenge and that is the MMA? Definitely, yes. And then she's also an inspiration because she's made so much more money in, in MMA. So, you know, that's a great motivation to, you know, to be like her. And like I said, she had a great, you know, boxing career, so do I. So why not um, try it? And I, I joke around with Jordan. I said, well, Holly Holmes was the first female to be a boxing champion and a UFC champion different times. I want to try to do it at the same time. <laughs> Continue mm. to break records. That's my goal. Now, you mentioned oh. the great time and all the attention that you received in Puerto Rico and that you, and, and by the sound of it, you sound when you talk about it, you sound like appreciated. You know, you came on the show today saying, you know, basically, what do I need to do as Amanda Serrano to get 
appreciated in boxing. I've won five world titles, five division uh, titles. You know, I'll be hanging out with Mayweather if I was a man. So it sounds to me like you're really appreciated in Puerto Rico. You don't feel all that appreciated in the United States. Um, is there, there's no way of you just keep fighting in Puerto Rico. The money's not there. Or I'm sure that they would love to have you two or three times a year, four times a year in Puerto Rico. It seems like they sell out pretty easily with you as the main event. There is no way that you could just fight in Puerto Rico. Um, I would love to, but my promoter is Luther Bella, and he's based out of New York. I mean, who? <laughs> I'm actually thinking about moving to Puerto Rico. <laughs> like, the the people over there, you know, like I said, they appreciate what you do for the island. Actually, me and my sister are currently the only world champions from Puerto Rico. And for me to be the first five-division champion from Puerto Rico, they just – they they you don't understand. When, I'm, when me and my sister go there, it's just – it, it, it's just an amazing feeling, you know. They're just so prideful, and and it's just like they. I I just can't explain it. How how when I go there, how it feels, you know. Everyone knows who we are. We in the newspapers every pretty much every day. Um, on TV, we're there, and you know they just they take good care of their athletes. The, the sponsors out there, you know. Um, yeah, you. I see like Ivan Caderon. He's over there. He's living well. Uh, Wama, he's um, he's living well. They they take care of their their athletes over there. So you mentioned that you're straight out 100% training in in MMA. Um, so if if no other interesting or, or good person boxing matches is presented to you for the rest of 2017. We're not going to see Amanda Sereno in a boxing ring this year for the rest of the year? Um, maybe not. Um, I just defended my title, so I will have to defend it in six. So we'll see how that, that goes. That's what, one, six months. So, I mean, but, yeah, but the, yeah, Debella said he does want me back by the end of the year, and hopefully that's um, on the Showtime card. But like I said, they want a good fight and to find a good fighter that would agree to fight me it's very hard unless they have a lot of money <laughs> so mm-hmm. i don't i i don't know you know so it's just, just sometimes like there's another fight that you do get 90% yeah of the you want. yeah yeah exactly what, what jordan was saying he said that you know the fights that i do want um they don't come along so the fights that i, I had this year you know, they weren't, you know, the ones that we were expecting. Like, my, my last fight, Adina Kiss, I, I, I didn't want to fight Adina Kiss again. I didn't I didn't have to fight her again. We were supposed to fight um, Laura Griefer, which is, you know, a great, uh, better fighter than Adina Kiss. And then she pulled out. She took an easier fight. So, you know, I actually stopped stopped training for the fight. I didn't know if, it was gonna, if the fight was going to go through. And then when they gave me Adina Kiss, I was like, oh, I don't need to train. I mean, I should be able to beat her without training because she's she's not a she's like a I don't even grade her as a as a great fighter. So and I did that. I continue with my jujitsu with the condition with the strength and conditioning and and look, I beat her easier than I did the first time. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's just yeah. My my last question here yeah, before we let you go. My last question here, Amanda, before we, we let you go is 
you know, I, I admire what you've done. You've looked for all the opportunities that you could. I mean, very easily you could have stayed, like you say, in, in your hometown of New York and sold your tickets and, and made whatever money you're going to make and, and win the titles that you're going to win. But, I mean, it takes a big sacrifice to go from 118 pounds to 135 pounds and, and, and win titles all there, every there, in every one of those divisions. Um so I consider you, you know, one of the best active female fighters in, in the world right now. But one of the the um, one of the uh, uh, topics that we were going to touch before you came on is how uh, Clarissa Shields and Layla MacArthur actually. I don't know if you if you if you saw this, <laughs> but they actually went into a little bit of a Twitter war, uh, you know, yes, back and that was forth. That's kind of entertaining. <laughs> you know, it was and it was actually entertaining, but. But my, my question is this, you know, what's your opinion about, you know, everybody knows what Clarissa Shields has done, and we've talked about it, where she won that award with Nickelodeon. She has three fights. She's won two vacant titles, um, two-time gold medalist, which nobody has ever done in boxing in the United States, male or female, which is admirable and respected. But for her to call herself a pound-for-pound fighter right now, on top of Layla MacArthur and on top of an Amanda Serrano, you know, what's your opinion about that? Well, Clarissa Shields did accomplish what, you know, no American has accomplished. And my hat goes off to her. She's doing, you know, great. But respect does have to be given to Layla MacArthur. She's been in this game long enough, and she's definitely, you know, paid her dues in the game. She accomplished a lot as well. So it's just um, – I, I mean, I, I don't know what to, what to say. You know, I'm a fan of both of them, and they're both great, you know, great fighters. And, I mean, I had, like my hat goes off to Clarissa. Hopefully she wins her fight coming up, and she will be have two titles. And, I mean, what, whatever happens, happens. I just um, want to sit down and watch it. <laughs> but, yeah, but definitely respect, respect to Leda MacArthur needs to be given. Well, there you have it, folks. Amanda Serrano, a five-divisional world champion. David, anything else before we let her go? It's pretty late out there in New York. She has to go to sleep. I'm sure she has to run tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, time, what time do you go run? I, I run by, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. So not, not too early. Not oh, too that's early. not too early. <laughs> no, that's not too early. Oh, good. good. What kind of diet does Jordan have you on? About what happened? What What? type of diet does Jordan have you on? Oh, I'm not on a diet now. I just fought. Come on, give me a break, oh. guys. <laughs> I said, I can eat now. I mean, I, I starved myself last week. Now now I can eat. But when we're on a diet, I, I can't eat too much around him because he's, well, he's annoying sometimes. He's like, you can't eat that. You can't eat that. I'm like, oh, my God, go home. <laughs> and it's bad because you know, he's my trainer, my manager, but then he's also my brother-in-law, and he's always around. So I'm like, yeah, like, can you just go home? Can I eat this Reese's in peace? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go? Oh, congratulations! Go ahead, David. Congratulations on your on your on your modeling. I saw the commercial. That was that was beautiful. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that of course in Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they crazy. they're the best in Puerto Rico. Well, there you have it, folks. Amanda Serrano, the five-time. Division of World Champion, current WBO Super Bantamweight Champion, and soon-to-be MMA Pro debuter, Amanda Serrano. Thank you for your time, Amanda, and 
Hopefully no. we get to have you back on our, on our show. Nah, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys and, and you, you guys talking about female boxing, you know, giving us a name. Of, so I, I definitely um, want to give a shout out to you guys and, and just thank you for allowing me to, you know, to speak, to be on the show and have a great night, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Thanks. Take care. And there you go. We also want to thank Jordan, her manager and trainer, who is always gracious with his time and Amanda Serrano's time. And David, well, some very interesting uh, things from Amanda. I mean, I, I think she's doing, you know, I hate to lose a fighter like Amanda Serrano to MMA, you know, you know, boxing needs every star that we have. And, and Amanda Serrano is definitely one of those stars. Um, but you can't blame her. I mean, she has to go where the money's at. She needs to, you know, eat those Reese's that she says that she likes so much. So, um, you know, you can't blame her, but I would hate to see her go to the MMA. Yeah, unlike you, I, I see Amanda's uh, is boxing's uh, Ronda Rousey. I mean, that she could be the one that, leads uh, the sport into uh, uh, another echelon. Yeah, I agree because, you know, um, you know, you ha- you always have to have every component um, in boxing. Once you have the whole package together, it's, it, it, it's, it should be unstoppable. And we've seen it on the, on the male side. I mean, the last great, you know, cross, cross, you know, I mean, you could say Mayweather in a certain way was, but I think the the, the guy that really crossed the lines and, and the last guy that really crossed the line that put it all together, the charisma, the smile, you know, the skill, more importantly, was Oscar de la Hoya. And I think, I think uh, Amanda has it. You know, she's bilingual like Oscar. She has the skill, undoubtedly, like, you know, great fighter, one of the best right now. She has the look. She has a great smile. She's charismatic. You know, she has a good team around her. I mean, Lou DiBella is, you know, a veteran of the sport. You know, an uh, uh, ex-executive uh, for HBO, a promoter who's been at the top of the echelons of the sport with Sergio Maravilla Martinez and other fighters. You know, so she could be it. But, but right now, for whatever reason, um, the money's just not there for her. Yeah, yeah, it's very sad because she, she's also very intelligent. And uh, mm-hmm. I think she she's very good at weighing the choices, and she has a great team. Um, hopefully, something opens up. I, I just have a feeling it is going to open up. Uh, we've already seen great strides uh, made this year, and uh, I, I think something's going to come up. I think uh, one of the people we, we should call and find out is uh, is Steven Espinosa from Showtime. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, we have to be, we have to be um, realistic about what we have here with female boxing in the United States. I mean, we've seen great strides in 2017. I mean, this has been undoubtedly the best year for female boxing in a long time in the United States. But obviously, they're not making the money that they should be, you know. But mm-hmm. do, do we, do we, as female boxing, as the little, you know, community or movement or whatever you want to call a female boxing, obviously we're always going to be asking about better pay for the female fighters because then they're happy. If they're happy, they give us great fights. Um, but is it, is it detrimental to, to the movement or to the community to always think that, that 
they should make as much as the men. Because if we're always striving for that and, and, and making decisions based on that, then it, it's a long way to happening, to, to getting the pay of, of the men. So, I mean, obviously, we always have to strive towards it and better that. But if we're making those decisions based on that, then we might miss some great opportunities as far as the sport. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, if you look at uh, Ronda Rousey, she wasn't making a lot of money in those first fights. Um, she, it's just that she proved that there was a fan base for it, and that's all it takes. All it takes is for Amanda to get the opportunity to fight among a big crowd and prove that, you know, the crowd wants to see her. That's all it takes. She, she has all the tools necessary to do it. She's uh, she's she's a can't miss uh, fighter. Um, I would say she's a budding superstar, and if you give her the exposure and the opportunity, I, I think she'll be the one. But she like she says it also. Unfortunately, you need two to tango, and that other and that dance two. partner it just doesn't. They just don't want it. They want the big big money, and right now there isn't that big money, you know, to make it happen. And 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 Amanda could only take so much of a pay cut to make it happen, you know, unless she fights for free, which has happened in the past. I don't know about Amanda Serrano, but I remember once uh, a long time ago, Kalisha West, the WBO at that time, Bantamweight champion, basically had to fight for free against Ava Knight just so she could defend the title and not lose it, you know, just because the, the, the money wasn't there to pay everybody as far as the budget for the promotion. I think that fight was out in like Pacoima Pomona or something like that some years ago. Oh, no. I'm sure you were there. Yeah, Pico Rivera. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, there's only so much of a, of a pay cut you can take when it gets down to zero. There's really not much of a pay cut, you know. So there we had Amanda Serrano giving us her take of what's going on in her career. And hopefully, you know, we get to see her before the end of the year. Like Jordan mentioned, I know he was in the background there. Hopefully we get to see her. Uh, before the end of the year on Showtime, like Lou DiBella's looking against who? Time would only tell. I would love to see um, Mariana Waters face Amanda Serrano. That would be fantastic, wherever they put it. And you know who I want to see? Puerto Rico. I think, th- I think she should fight Heather Hardy. Interesting, yeah. Same you promoter. Know, I, mean, I mean, the same promoter, you know, both from New York, Obviously, I mean, boxing is a nationalistic sport. We, we tend to follow the fighter who ethnically is part of our group. So Puerto Rico against Irish in New York City. Come on. It's a big fight. The thing is, is that as easily as it can be made because they're under the same promoter, that's as easily as it cannot be made because they're under the same promoter. And Lou DiBella doesn't want to, you know, uh, ruin the career of one or the other. Uh, well, you know, time will tell. Um, I think uh, not only is there Heather Hardy, there's Shelly Vincent, there's uh, Jennifer Salinas, uh, there's somebody else I'm missing, all in the same, you know, with the same weight classes. Melissa Stainville. Yes, they're all very close. All of them are very close in weight. Yeah. Now, moving on to get your opinion, David, about the Twitter beef this last week between Clarissa Shields and Leila MacArthur, we got it from Amanda Serrano who says respect to both, but you got to respect Leila MacArthur. And, and I know that you agree with that sentiment. 
Layla MacArthur, a veteran of the sport, you know, she's done it all. Um, and Clarissa Shields, you know, it's not the first time, and I could almost assure you it's not going to be the last time that she gets in trouble. Not in trouble, but, you know, getting people to talk about the way that she she acts. I mean, she's confident, which is good for her. You know, she knows what she brings to the table with her talent. Um, but I don't think she's making any new, new fans by – you know, supporting the acts of Le- uh, Leon Lawson Jr., uh, the trainer and uncle of Andre, was it Andre Durrell, Anthony Durrell, uh, that, that uh, you know, sucker punched Jose Uscategui some months ago on Showtime. Um, and now, basically, going at it with Leila MacArthur, one of the, one of the, of the veteran pillars of female boxing. What, what do you, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, Clarissa's very young, and she does. she's very athletically gifted, and she has some boxing skills. But, um, you know, she does – she basically um, – she probably just hasn't seen Leila McCarty fight. <laughs> you, do you think – yeah, but do you think that she – she is that naive that she doesn't really know who Leila MacArthur is and what she's done for the sport of boxing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that she really doesn't really know. Mm. I mean, she really? may know something, but, you know, seeing somebody fight on YouTube and seeing somebody fighting in person or fighting that person uh, is a whole different matter. Now, talking about Leila MacArthur, who obviously is fearless, she basically challenged uh, Clarissa to a fight at 154 pounds, you know, which would be way over her natural weight class of about 140, even though she's been fighting at 147. Layla MacArthur has or has been looking for fights at 147, but naturally she's probably like a 135, 140-pounder. Um, you know, just now talking about Layla MacArthur, she's signed to Mayweather Promotions. How big would it be for female boxing if Mayweather actually did something and put her on that August 26th card. That would be great. Yeah, I could see that happening. But I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen either, and I wouldn't suspect for it to happen. But, but I mean, it would be pretty, it would be pretty big um, if it did. But, I mean, there's no inclination that it's going to happen, even if it's not televised, or maybe they put it on some kind of stream, you know, on Showtime Extreme or something. Um, it would be huge, and it would kind of show – the the box the female boxing world that Mayweather is really uh, supporting it. Even Latandra Jones, who is a four rounder, six round fighter, putting her on the card would be all something that would mean something to to the female boxing world. Yeah, but he's he's not only a fighter, but he's a promoter, and because of that, he has so many fighters that he probably you know he he's he's made promises to so. He, I'm sure he's not going to bump them off. Uh, there's good good fighters that are not in that card uh, that he has. Like, for instance, uh, here in Riverside, Saul Neno uh, Rodriguez is one of his fighters. He's not on that card. Mm. So, I mean, uh, Floyd Mayweather has obligations, and he's not going to kick somebody to the curb to, to put uh, McCarter and Shields. Uh, not right now. Maybe later. Maybe later uh, this year. Now, we're going to talk about it. We might as well talk about it now uh, before the upcoming calendar because it's quite possibly the biggest fight in the next couple weeks. But August 4th, 
Clarissa Shields will be challenging the current super middleweight champion, WBC super middleweight champion, the undefeated Nikki Adler in Detroit, Michigan. Um, you know, we mentioned Showtime, we mentioned Amanda Serrano, we mentioned Persis, and obviously Showtime has all their chips in the Clarissa Shields business because I'm pretty sure they must have offered Nikki Adler a pretty penny to come all the way over to Detroit, Michigan to face, to put up her WBC title and also go for the vacant IBF title against uh, Clarissa Shields, who's going to be basically fighting in her in her backyard. Uh, we know that Clarissa Shields in her pro debut made $50,000 where her opponent uh, scored 10000 I'm sure that they're going to get paid a little bit more for this fight. So the money somehow is there, uh, David, to put on these big, big fights. Uh, uh, you know, what do we see in this fight with between Nikki Adler and Clarissa Shields? I mean, this, uh, Clarissa Shields very confident. Uh, obviously, we've talked about that before, but Nikki Adler as well. You know, percentage-wise, what do you think this fight is sitting at? In terms of the victor? Yeah, like, is it a 50-50 fight? Is it a 60-40 fight, Clarissa Shields? What do you think? I, I think it. I think it's more like a 60-40 fight for Clarissa. She's just a fantastic athlete. She's, I mean, she has boxing skills. But she still has flaws. And even as an amateur, she had flaws. And she has flaws as a, a pro, too. But, but her athleticism overcomes those flaws. She still has openings where she can be uh, countered or are hit in between the punches because she likes to throw um, four or five punch combinations, which is okay when you're fighting somebody that can't really fight back. But you get a solid pro like Layla McCarter, she'll punch in between those punches and knock you out. And see, that's what she has going. Now, I don't know if Mickey Adler has that kind of uh, skill set that Layla McCarter does. She, she's skilled, but not that skilled. And, uh, and Clarissa is such a tremendous athlete. i got to give her the advantage. Well, I think it's going to be a great fight. I mean, we have uh, Nikki Adler, who's 19-0, and who obviously has all the experience in professional female boxing versus Clarissa Shields, who you mentioned is a great athlete, also a great pedigree in the amateurs, obviously with her two uh, Olympic gold medals, only lost once in close to 80 fights, if not a little bit more. So... You know, at super middleweight, Clarissa Shields mentioned that she could fight anywhere from 154 to 168 pounds. So we're going to mm-hmm. see. And if she ends up, you know, becoming a world champion, a two-organism a two, uh, uh, world champion, WBC and IPF, then it's going to be uh, something else for the record book. So we're going we're gonna to see that in the next couple of weeks. And that fight is going to be on Showtime, on Showbox on August uh, 4th. So, lastly, in the news and notes, there's still no actual confirmation, but they're saying that sometime in August for the final of the WBC Flyweight Tournament for the Diamond Belt, which will pick current champion Jessica Kika Chavez versus Esmeralda Moreno, both wanted in or near Mexico City, where they're both from. They just had a press conference during the traditional Tuesday coffee time with Tuesday with, uh, with the WBC. And there is no date yet, 
I don't think it's going to happen in August for the same reasons that, um, you know, the Jackie Nava, Mariana Juarez fight didn't happen. It's just the dates are, are running out. I mean, I mean, yeah. August 1st is on, on, on Tuesday. Obviously, it's not going to be the first weekend of August. I just think they say both have been training and they're ready to fight next week. But, you know, that's just boxer talk. Um, so if it comes, it, it might come in the second half of the, of the, of the month. But the, I think the last weekend of the month is that August 26th, which pits uh, Miguel Cotto against Yoshihiro Kamigai or Mayweather against McGregor. So I don't think we're going to have that on August 26th. So we're probably looking more towards September as far as that fight's concerned. But who knows? Because, you know, September comes some big fights. And I'm sure they don't want to compete with the trans. If Azteca is going to broadcast the um, – well, if Azteca on September 2nd has Antonio Margarito coming back against Carson Jones, September 9th, I'm sure they're going to broadcast that Chocolatito fight against Sora Room inside. Obviously, August 16th – I mean, I'm sorry, September 16th, Canelo – uh, against Triple G, and then it would leave the last weekend, which is September 23rd, which might be a possible date for that fight on Televisa. So who knows? But hopefully it's soon because that's the only fight that we need to figure out who's the diamond champion at flyweight for the WBC. Yeah, the dates are pretty uh, booked up. Yeah, it's coming, it's coming to a... Uh, to a close there. So let's move on and, and to the last part of our show, which is the upcoming calendar. So on Saturday, July 29th uh, from Mexico City, which is this Saturday, Anabel Ortiz, the WBA strawweight 105-pound champion, will defend her title for the ninth time against Nancy Franco in a scheduled 10-rounder. The interesting thing about this fight is that they're no strangers to each other. Um, they've actually both fought under Canelo Promotions back in the day when that actually was an actual promotional entity. And they actually both won their titles. Nancy Franco was at one point the IBF strawweight champion while under the Canelo Promotions banner. But now Annabelle Ortiz continues to be a champion. Nancy Franco with the record of 17 wins, 10 losses, very experienced, a bit younger than Ortiz is going after her title. Ortiz, we last saw her in January in a non-title fight with the unanimous decision against Brenda Ramos, while Franco has not fought since last May when she stopped Maria Guadalupe Parra with a uh, TKO in the fifth round. Look out for my article regarding this fight on thepridefighters.com, which will be coming out hopefully tomorrow. Uh, it gets tomorrow, posted up yeah. on the website. Uh, from the Barclays Center, same night, Saturday, July 29th, we're going to see on that Showtime uh, card, which features Mikey Garcia against Adrian Broner, we're also going to see the pro debut of Ireland's Katie Taylor versus Jasmine Clarkson in an eight-rounder at 135 pounds. Katie Taylor, we all know she's the ex-Olympian who has been taking the U.K. by storm. Now she's going to be fighting in the United States. She's been training out here in, in the East Coast of the United States in Connecticut, but this will be her first fight on U.S. soil as a professional. Taylor has not seen any action since last April when she stopped the previously undefeated Nina Minky in, in seven rounds, while Clarkson fought earlier this month against Kimberly Connor in a unanimous decision loss. I believe it was reported, uh, David, and I think you could either deny or confirm this, 
that the fight's going to be broadcast on Showtime's Facebook and YouTube channel, correct? Yes, and it's going to be uh, streamed on, on those uh, channels. Yeah, so we're going to be able to watch Katie Taylor's pro debut, uh, U.S. debut on either the Showtime or Facebook channel. On Friday, August 4th, from Buenos Aires, Argentina, Carolina Raquel Duer will face Maria Cecilia Roman in a 10-rounder. Uh, Duer will be defending her IPF um, Bantamweight title, while in the same country from in Tucumán, Anaí Esther Sanchez will be facing Cecilia Sofia Mena in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBA lightweight title. And here in Tijuana from the Gran Hotel, uh, my, uh, Promociones Mayen and Bobby D Presents will have the number one WBA light flyweight ranked Sandra Robles facing Jessica Rangel in a scheduled eight-rounder at 108 pounds in a stay-busy fight. Where also, like we mentioned from the MGM Grand in Detroit on Showtime, Nikki Adler will defend her WBC while trying to win the vacant IBF super middleweight titles against none other than Clarissa Shields. So Clarissa Shields has held, has held I believe it was, it, was it the middleweight? I think it was the, both of them were at middleweight, right? The, the two belts that she has. She has the uh, NABF and... Yeah, it was that middleweight, the uh, vacant NBA female middleweight title and the vacant WBC silver female super middleweight title. No, so the NABF was that middleweight and the, and the silver title for the WBC was that super middleweight. So, oh, okay. but I, what are the odds that she will, she's going to come in less than 168 pounds? When she fought Cindy LeBlanc for that vacant uh, silver female super middleweight title. She only came in at 162 and a quarter pounds. So, yeah. Nikki Adler. It, it uh, makes sense. Yeah. There's no rule that says she has to weigh 168. No, she doesn't have to the limit. Yeah. Where Nikki Adler, she doesn't really go up to the limit as well. I mean, in her last fight, which was in March, she weighed 166 and a quarter. Before that, 165 and a quarter, 163. So, uh, the last time that she was even near the 168-pound limit was back in 2013 when she stepped on the scales at 167.5. So more than likely, we're just going to see him a little bit over 160 pounds. So, uh, you know, that's the fight to look forward in the next couple of weeks, August 4th on Showtime uh, from the NGN Grand Detroit in Detroit, uh, Nikki Adler facing Clarissa Shields for the WBC and the vacant IBF super middleweight titles. Saturday, August 5th, from El Barrio El Bosque in Barranquilla, Colombia, Liliana Palmera will face Ali Sanchez in a 10-rounder for the WBA 122-pound title. And from the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles, California, Top Rank will feature the first-ever female fighter to be signed in quite some time by Top Rank, the former Olympian, was she, she was Olympian, right? She went to Olympics. She just didn't yeah. win medal. Michaela Mayer yeah. facing with Nelly Figueroa in a four-rounder at lightweight, and our very own um, uh, David Avila will be in the house to give us uh, his thoughts on that fight front, front row. Absolutely. It's going to be um, – what's that? She trains in Los Angeles, right, Michaela Mayer? 
No, she was training in Colorado Springs. Yeah, I, I saw that she was training. Tra- so is that where she's training for this fight as well? Uh, yeah, she was there. She was, but she's from fact, L- she's still there, I think. Is she? But she's from LA originally, right? Yeah, she's originally from LA. The family so who's her, in LA. who's her trainer? Do you know? Yeah, her trainer is um, a pro trainer. She's been with him for a long time. Uh, what's his name? Man, I'm, going, I'm drawing a blank. Does he have Mitchell? male boxers? Mitchell? Yeah, I mean, he's he's famous. He's a famous trainer. Uh, oh, really? I forget his name. I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, remembering it. But uh, is it Al Mitchell? I think it is. Hmm. But he's trained many pro fighters, many. And he started training uh, Michaela about three years ago. Okay. But where did she start? Uh, but she didn't start fighting two years ago, right? Oh, no, no. She's been fighting. I first saw her um, about 2011. And that was her first attempt at the Olympic team. And she was uh, beaten by, uh, I forget the girl who went to the U.S. team. But she was beaten in the semifinals. And then in this uh, this last uh, Olympic trials, she beat out a really two really good fighters. So one of them is uh, Barrios from Texas and Zahida. Um, what's her name? Uh, Zahida uh, and getting uh, Gonzalez, I think it is. Yeah, her, her trainer is uh, Al Mitchell. Yeah, he's a good trainer. He's trained a lot of good pros. He's out of uh, Michigan, I think. A very good trainer. But he's he's based out of the LA now, or no, no, he's he's based out of Michigan. She was training over there, but lately she's been training at the Olympic training site in Colorado Springs because they have like an advanced training center and they do all yeah. these uh, futuristic things. And um, so she's training there. Now her opponent is 27-year-old uh, with Nelly Figueroa from Green Bay, Wisconsin. She's 0-1. She fought uh, last year, November, lost a majority decision in Michigan uh, against Stephanie Spear, who was 0-2. So we'll see. We'll see what she brings to the table. Um, probably not as skilled as Michaela Meyer just by uh, seeing – you know, her record and who she's fought. So we'll see. We'll see what happens on August 5th. Is that fight going to be – that fight's going to be on ESPN, but I don't even think no, that fight's going to be – it's not even going to be a swing bout, I, I presume, huh? No, it's not. It's not going to be televised on the regular okay. channel. They did, they did say that they will be streaming it on the ESPN streaming site. Uh, uh-huh. There is a link for it. Uh, okay. People can do that fight. This, uh, I'll put up the link later on, but uh, they will be able to see it on the link, but it won't be televised uh, on ESPN. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, if you if you guys look out for that link, you'll be able to see the debut of Michaela Meyer, the first fighter to be signed under a top-ranked promotional contract in quite a while. I, they signed some in the '90s, uh, but this has been the first one in, in quite a while to be tra- to be signed under the top-ranked. Banner, so that that to me is very exciting. I want to see what top rank one yeah. of the best promoters out there, if not the best, do with a female fighter. 
you know, Marle- Marlene Esparza, we all know that she was signed uh, to Golden Boy Promotions late last year and made her pro debut in March, which was featured on ESPN. Huh, interesting, huh, uh, David? Uh, both, you know, both Olympians, obviously Marlene Esparza winning a bronze medal in the 2012 Olympics. Michaela Mayer did not have that opportunity to win a gold medal, but still a, a large, extensive Olympic pedigree. But Golden Boy, for whatever reason, saw the opportunity to to broadcast Marlene Esparza's pro debut, whereas Top Rank is not, even on the same channel, ESPN. So that I find somewhat interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. Um, well, we'll see. Bob Barron's pretty wise, pretty wise guy. That, yeah, he, that's why it's interesting because – you know, if Bob Aaron sees an opportunity, he would put it on. So I'm thinking, what is the logic of not putting it on? Yeah, I guess he wants to see how she performs and what the other girl looks like. Uh, he doesn't want people to, you know, he doesn't like negative debuts. So this is her test, proof to him that she's a star. He's never seen her. That's what he told me. He's never seen her fight. For those who have not seen her fight, I have seen her fight very fast. Uh, she's good at her feet. She throws rapid combinations, and she's tall, 135-pounder. She's about 5'10", almost 5'11". Wow. Yeah, I can't wait. I want to see I want to see her fight. Uh, you know, former model, nine years ago, stepped into a boxing gym and, and learned how to fight. So uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Her manager, agent, George Reese. Ever heard of George Reese? Yeah, yeah, I have. And um, she's she's a very hungry fighter. You would think she has all these things going for her, including former model. Miss this girl is hungry. She was she was she visits every gym, fights every girl. She was even Ronda Rousey's sparring partner uh, for her last fight. I mean, she's everywhere. She just whatever she can do to make herself better, she does. Well, I mean, just by this is interesting. Just by going on 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 box rec, we find out her manager is um, uh, George Reese, who I never heard of as far as a boxing manager. But you know, in box rec, it gives you the contact information. Guy. Yeah. So here we have uh, a marketing guy, intelligentartist.com, but nothing. Oh, it's with an S. Um, so is he some kind of agent? Because you know, just yeah. like Mark Taffet, who you know, quite possibly no no experience regarding, you know, managing a fighter, but he went ahead and and co managed Clarice Shields because he saw the potential there. Here we have a an agent who along with Michaela Meyer also represents Mike Rugnetta who is a performer, composer and speaker and Jose Mox Romero, who's a comedian, author, and filmmaker. Uh, also, we have Aaron Massey, uh, a builder, a host, and producer. Uh, Allison Teal, adventure traveler, filmmaker, uh, a tech journalist. Uh, he has all kinds of. Uh, he has another fighter, Christina Cruz. Christina Cruz, professional boxer. Have you ever heard amateur. of her? Yeah. Yeah, she's a good amateur fighter out of the New York area. Wow. So there you go. So, you know, going a little bit out of the box, just like Tom, you know, like like Mark Taffet signing co co managing uh, Clarissa Shields. Here we have a 
a talent agent co uh, managing uh, Michaela Myers. So huh, I want to be a fly in that wall when you have, you know, Bruce Trampler or, or Brad Goodman calling uh, Mr. George Reese and talking to him about the next opponent for Michaela Myers. Yeah, absolutely. She's got a lot of talent. <laughs> but like, you know, you, like she told me, the transition to pros is, you know, something that she's looking forward to. She knows she expects a, a different ball game inside the ring. Well, there you have it, folks. The 30th edition of this, your two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. Great show. We talked about all the past fights. We had a great interview with Miss Amanda Serrano, and we give you the calendar for the next two weeks featuring the best fights. Well, not the best fights, but the most, uh, the biggest fights, which will be Nikki Adler against Clarissa Shields, the pro debut of Michaela Meyer, and the U.S. debut of uh, Katie Taylor. Uh, all three of those fights you're going to be able to catch one way or the other, either on Showtime or on the Showtime uh, YouTube and Facebook uh, account or on the Top Rank or ESPN account. Before we go, uh, David, any closing comments? No, I, I am looking forward to seeing Katie Taylor. Uh, it's a little sad that she wasn't, uh, she didn't pick a better opponent, but, um, you know, maybe the American girl will, will show him something she hasn't seen. There you go. Me too. I think that, I think, that, you know, she, her last fight, she had a pretty good opponent. It was a, uh, a uh, undefeated fighter. I don't think it was uh, for a lack of them wanting to face a, a good opponent. I think it was just a lack of finding one. Nina Menke was 5-0 and uh, when she fought Katie Taylor, and Jasmine Clark is 4-8. and eight, and she, But she's never been stopped, David, uh, in eight losses, this 22-year-old from Cedar Hill, Texas. So that's one thing that we can uh, look forward to, to see if, if – uh, Jasmine Clarkson could go the distance against Katie Taylor, which is an eight-rounder. Yeah, that's going to be uh, interesting. All right, folks, so there you have it, uh, our latest edition of the Hooks and Jabs. Uh, Two-minute round of the Hooks and Jabs look at the female boxer. We'll be back on August 10th with the results of all these fights with much more news and notes and more than likely one or two uh, exclusive interviews here on the Two-minute round. With that said, we bid you good night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.